Entertainment's podcast from Bottomline Technologies. The events of 2020 challenged businesses in ways that no one could have expected. As we look at the top trends for 2021, much of the focus is on technology and platform advancements. As consumers and businesses, even the way we previously handled simple tasks has changed. Take paying for an item in a shop, for example. We moved from a cash society to a predominantly contactless one, and the same behaviour of embracing the change must apply to how we interact with the digital world around us. Hello, I'm Rich Williams, host of the Payments Podcast, and today I'm joined by Brian McLaughlin, Global Chief Experience Officer at Bottomline, as we discuss his predictions for 2021 in user experience and innovation in payments. Hello, Brian, and a very warm welcome onto the podcast for the very first time. Hi, Rich. Thanks for having me. Now, Brian, let's jump straight into it. Um, Now, as we face a continuous digital shift, what trends should we be on the lookout for and stay one step ahead of in user experience and innovation specifically this year? Yeah, I think think where I'd start is is, uh, what I generally refer to as data experiences. And the reason reason that it's phrased that way is data has been on the... uh, new trends, coming trends for years, if not decades. And there's been a lot of technical advancement, a lot of uh, permutations of of data and making it more freely available across many different platforms and into into people's hands. Where we haven't quite caught up is the experience of dealing with data. And I think coming into 2021, it's going to be that much more important that we start getting this right as the world continues to transition and rely more and more on the digital services. And the way, the way I always think about data, it is really like finding a needle in a stack of needles. Uh, essentially, you have this big pile. Uh, everything from the outside or from a distance looks alike. But when you're in search of a specific needle and you approach that stack, you start realizing these are not all the same, uh, different shapes, sizes, thicknesses, etc. cetera. Um, and generally, you're looking for something specific. So what happens with all this data is it can be a bit overwhelming. So as we start looking at this from an experience perspective, it's our jobs to figure out how do we make data useful uh, to people that don't have a data science um, degree or training with analytics tools or all these other things. It really comes down to how do we make data actually useful for people in ways that it can be consumed easily and quickly. Now, Brian, the old adage, uh, cash is king, uh, appears to have been replaced more recently with data is king. And I think what you've just said uh, confirms that. So how is data changing in 2021? Yeah, the data itself, um, there are a lot of really smart people work on the data problem. Uh, Generally, the data problem is being approached from the perspective of how do I accumulate data? How do I store data? How do I manage data? uh, Privacy laws. Um, It's a very technical approach. But as we start looking at it from an experience perspective, we really have to start looking at things like, um, you know, the trends over the years have been, hey, look at this really pretty pie chart or line graph or any of these other kind of data representations that are done in these graphical formats, which are good. Um, However, that that is not ultimately where we're going to end up. It really does get down to there's an art and science of this data from the perspective of, uh, yes, we have it. But how do people understand it? How do people interpret it? And more importantly is once you start down this path, the data starts revealing uh, answers that you never even thought to ask questions about. Um, 
it gets into volume of payments, but volume of payments by geography. And generally this would be things like, oh, look at these five graphs that show this. And from an experience perspective, we're looking at, well, how do I make it simpler? How can I not be an analyst and get the, the value out of this that I need? Uh, an interesting first trend there, Brian. Now, what else would you predict being an important thing to keep an eye on this year? Yeah, I'd say um, as part of that, you know, as, you know, this is related to the data trend is is having integrated intelligence. And what I mean by that is uh, very often, I don't know, you could be on your personal banking system or other kind of um, uh, currency system, or it could be you work you work in a large company and you work in their accounting system. And a lot of times you'll have this tab that says reports or analytics or something of that nature. And the, and what's going on there is I go over here to get smart and I go over here to do my work. And ultimately where we have to get, and we are getting there, and by we, I mean like everybody is getting there, is we need to thread these things together. We need an integrated experience. We need that, that intelligence that's derived that we can get from all the data and all the learnings and have that integrated into the holistic experience. Otherwise, you end up with these little fragment places where you know this is reserved for the people that understand data. It's like that; it should not be held in that that regard. It should be you know everybody should be able to derive value out of it. And the only way to do that is to really start integrating that into the overall experience that somebody goes through as they work through their their payments role. And do you have any use cases and real life examples of how we'll begin to see this sort of thing used? Yeah, um, I mean, one that's actually, it's uh, it's out in the wild now, uh, although uh, I think there's a lot to be done to be uh, to improve it. And that is, um, say, this is, this is more business banking. So I'll start with a business banking example, is you have one group inside of the company setting up things like budgets, budgets for the year, but it could even get down to, uh, if you're a large enough company, like, what is your furniture budget for the year? And then you have another group that's out buying furniture. And there's this disconnect between the two groups. So as we start looking at integrated intelligence, as the software continues to progress, as you start weaving these things together, when I'm going to buy more chairs, it'd be great to know if I'm about to tip over the budget. So rather than having to go someplace else to learn this, it's actually integrated in. So as we start looking at these things, is um, it's more about tell me the information that'd be really valuable at this period of time, not not sometime later, or you don't actually answer the question, or you allowed me to fall into this trap and I didn't know I was falling into the trap. In the consumer space, we do see some of this already in terms of, hey, you're about to go over your threshold or whatever. Um, Although there's additional sophistication that's going to come, such as if you're going on the trend you are, you will be over budget. It's not so much the you went over budget today, but it's more about you're going to do that over the next month let's say, just because we're seeing the trends come in. And and I'm also referring to something bigger than um, I see money coming in, I see money going out, and this is the problem you have. I'm talking about pulling in additional intelligence from the outside world. So for example, uh, if I'm a construction company and and um, I'm, I'm doing my money in, money out budgeting pers- uh, activities, but I have another system that's pulling in, say, social media data or um, news data because it's scraping the internet and it's telling me, um, hey, so-and-so just won a big contract in this state. 
Well, that potentially is going to influence me because it means I lost the contract if I'm on that side. It could be if I'm a supplier, I have an opportunity there. So it's this is where payments is potentially a, a hub for that information, but the information can't be just consigned uh, to the payments world. It's got to start bringing this other data that makes the whole your whole value proposition that much more rich. Um, as we wrap this up now, Brian, what would be your final prediction for 2020? There's another thing that we've been looking at for quite a long time, and, and, and by we, I mean like the UX world, uh, not just my particular place of work, is uh, advanced personalization. So what I mean by that is personalization is another thing, like data, that's been on top trends for years and years. And for the most part, most people understand this to be, um, you know, it's it's generally confined to the consumer space from an e-commerce perspective, right? Is, hey, if you bought this, you're likely to buy that. And that's powerful. I mean, it works. If you are if you are a, a e-commerce business and you have that kind of capability, I'm sure that you're getting more value than if you didn't have it. But what I mean by advanced personalization, it's it's more than that. It's actually starting to look at things like the way you use your digital world is like this, and therefore I'm going to continue adjust to not only make it easier for you to use the digital world, but I'm going to improve your efficiency with the digital world. So what I mean by that is, say, for example, I have a job that that I end up doing the same repetitive things over and over and over again. The system starts to learn that and it starts to either do it for me um, or it starts to bring in additional information uh, to help me do it better. Uh, So this is what I'm referring to as advanced personalization. So it goes beyond the, hey, if you like this, you like that. And it really starts getting into the position of getting to know individuals and then acting as though they know the individuals. Uh, which is a really important relationship. And it's one that we humans do all day long and we do it naturally and don't really think about. Uh, It's very difficult to do in the digital space without coming across as spooky or distrustworthy or invasive or some other things. But there is a lot of ways to do this that none of those apply. It actually is a really helpful and and something that digital world can can be very good at, but it is very complicated and very, very difficult to pull off. So, Brian, I'd just like to, to end on one final question, if I may. Now, as personalization becomes more advanced, how do companies ensure that they're on the right track? Uh, for example, we've seen the horror stories previously with a system saying hello and then exclaiming the wrong name. So how do we avoid these pitfalls? Yeah, I mean, I meant, did I mention it's difficult? Yeah, I think I mentioned that. It's um, one of the things that ultimately what it comes down to is um, and any UX person that happens to be listening will, will certainly get this, is it really comes down to understanding how humans interact with each other and how humans deal with change. Um, and what I mean with that is if we start purely from a technology perspective, we run into problems because a lot of times we're not anticipating the fact that, oh, but these humans, you know, these, uh, these complicated humans that are on the, at the end of this, they don't react the way that I thought that they would, or this is not um, helping them, or it's not being accepted in a way that's, that is considered useful, or it's considered invasive or something else. So as long as we keep a sharp eye out for um, just the, the everything that we know about humans interacting with each other and also how we interact with digital processes, um, this is something that's really going to go a long way. I mean, the example that I use often is, is um, uh, 
So the iPhone comes out, right? So we, we all remember that day. If you're old enough, you, you certainly remember that day because there's a lot changed after that day. And shortly after that, people started discovering that there was geo-tracking in the phone. And there were all kinds of articles and all kinds of uh, news stories about how, you know, Big Brother is tracking you and it's really bad, 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 bad. And everybody's trying to figure out how to shut it off. And, you know, I'll never buy an iPhone. I'll never buy a smartphone. And all these things started to happen. Well, if we wind into the future, say today, for example, uh, so I'm in the northeast of the U.S. And if for some reason I decided that, oh, hey, this afternoon my wife and I want to go down to the art museum down in Boston and I pull up my phone and I put in Boston Museum of Art. And not only does it tell me the web address, actually what it'll do is it'll give me directions there. It'll tell me the fastest way there. It'll tell me what the weather is going to be on my way there. It'll tell me, you know, if I do choose that option, it'll it'll route me around traffic problems. Um, I've completely forgot about the fact my phone knew where I was. So there's a couple of things that are taking place there. One is simply the the fact of um, uh, things become normalized. And also I am getting enough value out of it that I'm willing to give up uh, that piece of data because what I'm getting out of it is more valuable. So it's kind of a long-winded way to get to the um, hello, wrong name inserted in there. Uh, but it really does come back to understanding the humans and understanding how we as humans interact with change and making sure the pace of change is aligned with how people are willing to adopt it. Um, there are going to be glitches along the way. Absolutely. Um, you know, I guess while I'm speaking about the iPhone, when, when uh, voice came out and as smart as it all is, and it would just get things wrong sometimes, things go wrong sometimes. Um, but the amount that these systems get right is really, really impressive. Uh, so I think this is always going to be part of our journey. It's understanding the change, getting people to accept the change and know there's going to be bumps along the way and just keep pushing through them. Brian, it's been really exciting having you on the podcast, uh, and I'm sure this will give organizations some great direction into those areas they need to focus on this year regarding user experience and innovation in payments. And thanks once again for joining me today, Brian. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you, Rich. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time today, but in the meantime, you can listen to more episodes on all things payments at the touch of a button using your preferred provider. And don't forget to like, subscribe, rate the show, or leave a comment as you wish. And we'll see you all next time. The Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.